0: For allowing us to be in your presence and to extol you, lift up our voices, sing unto you and express our great love for you. We thank you for that, Lord, that we have the freedom to worship you. And we bless you and we praise you for this opportunity in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So today we're going to talk about um, uh, singing unto the Lord a new song. Sing a new song unto the Lord and unto the lord uh, we need to understand that a lot of our utterances are heard by god you know they're felt by god so whenever you whatever you express is expressed before god it may not be addressed to him but it is expressed before him and uh, he has a way of, of becoming aware of our thoughts and our intents and all that kind of stuff. And especially what we say is, is very important. It guides our life, our words too. Words are very important. Song is a little bit different. It's a different expression of words. Song is a uh, really poetry set to music or for singing. It doesn't have to be music, but it's set to a uh, it is for singing. A song can be a rehearsed uh, uh, phrase or rehearsed sayings, but there is a different uh, aspect to song. The song is there for a purpose. We all know that Lucifer was the anointed cherub that covered the mercy seat, we believe, but he also, the Bible says, was, was endowed with pipe and strings and harps so we believe he was the choir leader up in heaven something similar and when he fell he took the choir with him can we say amen for the choir (laughs) but that's pretty much the gist of it and then there was a new song released in heaven Old song left, new song comes in. But sing we will, amen? Sing we will and sing we must. So the purpose of song really <clears throat> is to minister to a certain portion of the soul and spirit. You know, your spirit man has a mind. So we can say the mind of the spirit or the soul of the spirit. God is spirit. And we're created in his image. So he has a mind as well. He has emotions. He has all the aspects that we have, except his are in perfect holy condition. Ours are in fallen condition. But God created song to appeal to a certain aspect of man's soul. There is a a place. now. Scientists have, have examined this and studied this, and they know that there is a place In the human soul that responds only to song. And it's composed of memory, emotions, and will. There is a place in the human soul where a song is easily memorized, rehearsed. It's held there. So we can say that there is a personal ministry of song in each individual so that we have that aspect. And it's there for for a purpose. God put that there to allow us to be able to minister to ourselves through our memory. Um, There are all kinds of reasons for that. But but song actually can reflect a person's mood at the time. And if that person wants to capture that, it's like, bringing, bringing a, a good picture into your soul for, for remembrance sake. It's a memorial. It's a place where you can capture all aspects of that particular event through song. Uh, people will say things like, well, that's our song. You know It's like young people when they date, remember that? That's our song, you know. And then when the breakup happens, uh Right. Ain't your song no more, huh? People have theme songs. You know, when they're, uh, uh, you know, especially if you you study things like, or you watch uh, um, Grammys or or Academy Awards. You know, people people will pick up theme songs, or they'll say, "This is my theme song" or "My anthem." You know, an anthem is a memorialized type of a song that's been adopted to to um, to pay tribute or homage to a certain kind of a belief system or countries have anthems, all that kind of stuff. So that when that music is played, there's a certain response that they expect from people when those things so a song can be an expression of who we are or it can capture what we were at a particular time in our lives so there is an aspect of what they call reverie to a song where you can have you can your mind will play back for you familiar or pleasant memories when that song comes on you know it's like who was i dating when that song was popular you know that kind of stuff or who did i know or what was i doing people will 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 are so sometimes caught up in the reverie of it. Have you ever had a song playing, say like it starts coming on t v or something, and they play it and and then they start to want to splice it together, and you say, me mess my song up I was huh or you you're you're saved now, and you're in the supermarket, huh. And Anita Baker comes on. Right. Giving. <laughs> and you're in the supermarket. You're supposed to be getting them groceries and greens. And you took off on the aisle. And and you got to stop and go with her. Because you know that's that's what it does. It's right. <laughs> a purpose of song. It, and you can't help yourself. You can try and stop and say, now you say, flesh, you you the best that I got. Stop, flesh. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Right, you know, so that's the purpose of song, to minister to the individual emotionally, spiritually as well. Certain aspects of that song are there, and they are there to help you through life. Without song, we'd be stuck in our circumstances, we'd be stuck in situations, we'd be down the road somewhere not able to get back. So song has a definite positive aspect to it so that we can can, uh, um, keep ourselves in a contented state in life. It's for your self-contentment. It's your self-contentment. So we adopt songs for different reasons because they minister to us, they help us in some way, they're they're able to keep us in a certain certain uh, certain way emotionally, mentally, and oftentimes spiritually. Spiritual songs are able to they they have a, not just an inner function, but they also have an outer. A spiritual song will get you in contact with God, see? and that's the great thing about the ministry of song. It's able to bring you, uh, bring you within yourself, and bring an inner contentment. But then there's an outer response too, the you know, atmospheric type of response. Songs can change atmospheres. There are spiritual aspects to it where we're certain there's a certain spirit behind a song. It can be pleasant or unpleasant to a person, but that that spirit is able to affect an atmosphere in which that song is played. I don't care how many you know uh, uh, First Amendment rights people talk about you got a right to burn the flag and a right to do this, and you don't have to put your hand over your heart and all this goofiness. But when that national anthem is played, I don't care how hard you try not to do what you're supposed to do, you respond to that. Why? Because there's a spirit of reverence and respect that is released when that song is played. It changes that atmosphere from, from you know, we were here for a ball game or something like that to now it is a reverential uh, atmosphere. And I don't care who sings that song. It can be, uh, you know, some opera singer or it can be Aretha Franklin, you know, hitting her highs and lows and doing her whole vocal ring. But when they say the home of the brave, everybody cheers, you know, where there's a response that comes with that. So there's an atmospheric change that comes with song. You know it yourself when you're not in a good mood at home and I should praise God, but I ain't going to do it, you know, and you you clamp that little clam down and get him real tight and you ain't gonna smile, you ain't gonna you know, speak to God or nothing and somehow the Holy Spirit pushes you to turn that music on. And pretty soon you melt down and you soften a little bit and Or when you're at work and they beating you up at work and all that kind of nonsense, you can't. You crawl out to your car and turn. I'm saying, yeah, I can't. I can not I can't. I can need my head banging worship music this time so I can, you know, get myself out of this mess. So you know what I'm saying? Amazing grace won't work as sometimes. You know, you need something that's gonna shake up everything. And so we do understand and we know the power of song. But what is it about a new song? What does that mean? New, 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 new. New really means different from the norm. So you might have your normal that you sing or your normal that you feel like, but then a new song brings you into something different from your norm. The word new also means to appear for the first time. And you all know that when we have our conferences, we we want to hear the song of the Lord from heaven. And I'm always afraid that God will give me the same song he gave me the last time. People think this, you know, this this lady's making this stuff up, you know, that's just so retarded. Because people want what's new, you know. And so, and God hasn't failed us yet. He always has a new song. For To bless us with so that we can get a message from him that we can remember. He could give us preaching and he does. But to get the message that you remember he'll put it in the form of song. So these things have to be sung. You know, I used to hear prophets preach in the early days of prophetic ministry. Well, uh, you know, you know, you hear some of these prophets try to sing the song of the Lord and they can't sing. And, and God said, well, that's why I don't call you a singer. I call you a cantor. You all know the joke behind that. You know, C-A-N-T means you can't sing. Don't try to sing. Just get it out the best way you can and let's move on. to Get the song out there so people get the message from me and we move on. And so when we understand these things, that there are new songs that are released in us, through us, and that the inspiration is always heaven. Even if the inspired vessel is not one of God's, inspiration is always heaven. Mm -hmm. Because people, God is no respecter of persons. Now, he, he, it doesn't say in the Bible that he gives all his ideas only to covenant people. Yeah? He, he, it's for seekers. Uh-huh. And people seek with the tools that they have. People like, uh, uh, people who are meditative people. You know, like inventors. And, and uh, scientists and people like that who, who have made major breakthroughs. These were all, you know, all the pastor and, and Curie and all those people were Christians. They were nominal Christians, but they sought God in the way that they knew how to seek God. And they were able to get inspiration from him. These things are inspired by God. And they're inspired by by the enemy too, but inspiration for for song that's a blessing, I'll put it that way. You know, the songs that that were always popular, typically popular, came from God. Because there was a God kind of message, the message of love that's always been popular in popular songs. That's inspired by God. Sometimes there's a man twist on it. You know, uh, you know, if you listen to country and western music, that's that's been known to be so brutally honest that anybody can relate to it, because it talks about human love and, and the failure in human love and in different aspects. Of of that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, in in these are are inspiring songs because they help you to identify, even though maybe you have failed relationships that they talk about, you can identify with that and you don't feel so bad. You know, well, they're singing my song because I just went through a breakup, you know, And, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, Or you broke up and you got him back in a stand-by-your-man time. You know, that kind of stuff. And they'll, they'll take you through the different aspects of the human experience. Amen. And so you can say the inspiration behind it at the bottom of it is probably God because of the effect that it has on people. You know, and it just reflects and gives an understanding of, of the human experience, you know, without making a judgment on it one way or the other. It's just the way things are. And so these, these songs are, are definitely God inspired. There have even been songs in the secular word, world that have the word in them, you know. And it's a rightly divided word, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, we, we have to understand that God is in inspiration many times. And songs are released to help our 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 um, inner well-being get you in a state of contentment on the inside, uh, because there's a witness inside of us somewhere that this is valid, you know, this speaks to my situation or speaks to uh, a certain situation. Now, God releases a new song. We're talking about the new song, though. God will release a new song whenever there's a transition or we're going into a new aspect or there's a new revelation that he wants to get to us. And so, and he wants it to stick with us. That's why he releases it in the form of song. You'll see many times, uh, and I wish people would, would stay with their method of hearing from God. You know, some of the Christian artists that have been really, really popular, they'll come out with a song that kind of revolutionizes things. And it's a new song, but it's not just a new song, but it's often a new revelation that God is releasing to the people. And then they get signed With some contract people and they start making them put out more and more and more and more and more and and they lose that freshness of it, that newness and then God has to go on and give the new song to somebody else. See that's how you ever wonder how we can get some people so hot and so popular for a season. And then it said, then you hear that stuff and you say, no, nah, I need something else. That ain't working for me no more. Somebody finds something they say, have you heard this by so and so and such and such? Who is that? i never heard of them. Yeah, because God's now moved on to somebody else who will bring the new song. So really, the fact that it's new means it is of recent origin. Because we need to have something recent because time is moving on. See, you're, you're not at the same place you were, not to, you know, a few months ago, or even last year, a couple of years ago. Then there are some songs that are tried and true that always minister to you. You know what I'm saying? Because there's just the truth is just so valid. But the new song is a song that we need when we come into a place of, of uh, transition where we're moving on from one to another. <laughs> so a, a new song then will be unfamiliar or strange when you first hear it. But you like it. Huh? It's doing something for you. Never heard it before, but it's doing something for me. A new song is something you're unaccustomed to. God's going to have to train you to respond correctly to it. The word new can also mean fresh or unused. Sometimes we need something recent and fresh. and And because the old song isn't doing it for us anymore you know it's it's nice and it was good but there's something inside of you that's longing for something you know you're not sure what it is you need a word from god you need a, an open door you need encouragement you need something and god will get that to us in the form of song so uh, our song then reflects your lifestyle your emotional condition, your spiritual condition, it can describe many aspects of a person's life. But, you know, you can say, you know, your your life, if there's something that describes your life, that is your song. You got me? It's your song. It describes your life. Just like a love song between two individuals can describe their relationship, you know. Well, the girls always get prettier at closing time. Huh? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Oh, okay. And then you move into Anita Baker. That might be how you found her, but you didn't move down to Anita Baker now. So you can have many songs throughout your lifetime because they reflect your condition at the time. You got me? So, you know, if, if if a guy is married and got four kids and that song ministers to him, we got trouble. Yeah, got me? Close that door, put a tether on that brother's ankle and tell him to hold on because it'll pass. <laughs> when they start getting them old single songs out, it's trouble. You know, we just got to pray then, you got me? <laughs> Our song or our theme of our life or or that, that song that reflects a state or condition of our situation can get old, routine, and irrelevant and get stale, you see. So that's why you need to have something fresh, you know. Sometimes, you know how they'll take old songs and update them to modern music, you know, put like a little beat or a little twist on it or something like that. It's to freshen up that that used to appeal to us. So we're trying to give it new life again. You know. So when our song then our song reflects uh, when it reflects an undesirable state of mind or circumstance, that's when a new song is needed. When that song gets old and stale, and we don't pay as much attention to it as it used to, it doesn't minister to us as much. So your song can really be thought to be your life and your lifestyle and all your life circumstances the way it is now. Your song that's my routine. It's, you know I I'm singing the same old song and people say well what are you doing now same old same old you know that means your song is the same in some aspects of it. So if there's an undesirable state of mind or circumstance a new song is needed, and it announces your change of mind. So the new song will alert you to the change that's coming. There's a new change of mind. There's a new change of, of uh, situation. There's a new change coming on the inside of you. So the song really alerts your soul to the change that's coming. Song, lets your soul know we 're headed into that you know how bored you 've been and all that well, the remedy for it 's coming see the 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 change that you 've been wanting is coming you 're not going to be living in the same. Uh, financial environment, emotional environment, uh, marital or non-single environment. You're going to be married now, that kind of thing. So your song begins to change. So your song definitely signals the transition from the old to the new, which we need. And many times we revisit the old because the memories are still good, certain aspects of them. But that's not the theme song of your life every day like... It used to be, you know. It's just you can bring that memory back, and it's good. And and but the song always changes. It always changes. God announces His transitions with song. So uh, sometimes it's hard to change your song. You know how the, the uncertain sound. You don't like the sound of it when you first hear it, and then you keep playing it because somebody told you it's a good song, and you get used to it. And so when we have these seasonal changes, they may be a little hard to get used to uh, because you, your needs change. Some of them you don't even perceive that you have a change in your need. And that's when it's harder to get a, get accustomed to a new song because we kind of like where we are. We're comfortable where we are. You know, we can, we can make it. It ain't all exciting. I ain't falling out and jumping around, but it's okay. You know, we don't want to mess with anything. Sometimes your, your human soul gets complacent with its expectation. It just expects things to be a certain way all the time. And you're reluctant to have your song change. But change it must. And the reason, the way God deals with that reluctance in your soul is through song. Because he knows the song is going to win you over after a while. Huh? So he just serenades you and plays to that And he's able to to woo you over and lure you over because he's able to get it into a part of your soul that tends to bypass uh, your negativity. He's able to just slide it in there on you. You got me? And that's the purpose of song. That's why song is so powerful sometimes in in changing people's minds and changing their moods and, and changing all of that. You mix a glass of wine with a song and everybody in love. You got me? The girls do get prettier at closing time because liquor is quicker. You got me? That's just the way it works. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I'm not gonna even go there, okay? I'm gonna cut that off where right where it is. So <laughs> So God is able to shift us into a new season with a song. He just changes gears. You are still in the same car, you're still riding along, but he shifted in gears, he's put it in a different gear now with song. So Amen, and so he's you know this song ministers to your soul in a very peculiar way. It has a ministry all of its own, and so the events surrounding the song are will be captured in your mind with that song. You ever have bad experiences? I don't like that song because they were playing that when. You know, certain certain things happened. You know that, that kind of thing, and that's you know that song. That's a bad song for me because, and you tell why? It's not you don't like the song, but circumstances that occurred when that song was being played are lodged in your soul now. They're lodged, and they play in your memory along with the song. See, the song can evoke its own pictures in your mind. But then it's able to to take second place to events surrounding the song. You got me it, you know uh, like uh say, for instance, um if there's a song like uh that' that's that's, that's kind of just just displays what it says, that's the only picture you'll ever get. You know, like, do you know the way to San Jose, that kind of stuff. You know, you think about, well, what does that mean? You just sit there and say, okay, I like Dion, I like, but where did they get this song from? But you sing it, you know, it's a happy song, whatever, whatever. So that song stands on its own merit. But then there are songs that conjure up circumstances surrounding, they have a deeper meaning for us. And so that's the purpose when a song really ministers to you. Because some songs you just sing because they put you in a happy mood because of the song. So it stands on its own. But then there are some that have a deeper, more personal meaning for it. And that's where God uses song pretty much all the time. He can get his vision in you with a song, he can get his plan into you with a song. There are some uh, prophets that that minister prophecies to people through song, you know, and you remember them. And so it's a good thing that that song is there because it has a particular uh, a reason for being there. So why does God give us new songs? That's what we need to find out. And in Psalm 96, starting in verse one. It says oh sing unto the Lord a new song sing unto the Lord all the earth so this is somebody who's announcing a transition in the earth he's telling everything in the earth when not not all the inhabitants or all the people of the earth but everything in the earth and it's announcing that God's about to do something and so if we will alert ourselves we can we can we can keep from missing it if we'll sing the new song. Just join in with us in expectation. It says, "Sing unto the Lord and bless His name." So this is a time not to grumble and complain. This is a, this looks like something good's about to happen. You got me. And so if you can can get in the flow of what the Spirit of God is saying here, it says, "Show forth His salvation from day to day." So this is the day where the strong arm of the Lord is about to be revealed. From day to day, his salvation comes. How many times have we been waiting for an answer or waiting for God to to come on the scene? and Waiting and waiting. But this psalm says if you'll grab on to this new song and keep declaring it before God. Keep singing it. Let it ring in your heart. Let it ring in your mind. You will see daily God's salvation you'll see his strong arm every single day it says declare his glory among the heathen his wonders among all people so this song opens you up to a boldness now to just go into places where you may have been locked out before or you may not even thought of or they don't want to hear the message or they're not responding to the gospel and you can start declaring his goodness and his strength from day to day. For the Lord is great. And greatly to be praised. You know you forget that. In your negative circumstances. You forget the greatness of God. And if you don't keep that. Fresh on the inside of you. And keep yourself. In a place in, the, in your spiritual condition. Where the goodness of God is near to you. it's It's in your heart. It's in your mind. It's in your soul. If you don't keep the goodness of God close to you, you'll keep singing the same old song. When is it going to change? And when is it going to be my turn? And God, when are you going to bless me? And when is this going to turn around? But he says here, if you will sing to God a new song, you can bring that in yourself. You can bring all of that into your life yourself if you will sing to God a new song. And he says here, for all the gods of the nations are idols. In other words, what are you being concerned? What are you scared of the creditor for? What are you scared of the boss for? What are you scared of anything other than the fear of the Lord? They're just idols. They have no life in them. They're just pretend figures that want to strike fear in the hearts of men. And he says, but our God is to be prayed, praised and feared above all gods. Above all gods, for they're just idols, but the Lord made the heavens, in other words, we serve a creative God, He made everything. Look at the majesty of the heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God. See if we will will keep ourselves in the proper frame of mind at all times, there's no defeat in us ever. See there's nothing but joy, and there's nothing but victory. But see, these, these things have to be perceived by us. Victory is there for us. But we're not waiting on anything. But if we don't keep ourselves in the proper frame of mind where it's real to us, then it would be just like it's not, not there at all. You know, you'll live like a person that's defeated all the time, doesn't know any joy, doesn't know any goodness of God. You'll, you'll live like the heathen do. But we don't have to be those people and where that we can get out of that by bringing the new song into us and, and allowing ourselves to expand our minds and to understand the goodness of God and appreciate that in all aspects. You know, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Now, Jesus lives in our hearts. We are born against spirits, but we have to engage our whole being into that in order for it to profit us. So it's no good to just be saved and and not have a working understanding of God's power and His Majesty and His goodness. You know, it's, it's, so the song comes, the new song comes, to kind of slap us out of that. You know, you can just get yourself slapped up and say, "No, wait a minute! I'm sitting here and worrying about things, and I'm concerned about things, and I'm wondering when it's coming, and you know, it's always coming and never here." You know what I'm saying? I mean, or, or it coming? I was waiting for it to come and it left already, so I got to wait for it to come back again. But when you, the new song brings you into an understanding of it being here for you. It's right here for you. The new song will keep your faith active and alive. You know, I mean, even if you just move your lips and utter praises to Him, He becomes alive to you. He becomes real to you. He's active to you. So the new song is is very important. It always is a praise to God. The God inspired song to his people is always a praise to God. Because we forget. Hmm? We forget. And that's what causes our old song to be old and stale. Because there's no life on it. Because there's no praise. So here the, the, the writer reminds us to praise God because he is great. Anybody who's bugging you down there on earth is just an idol. He can't talk, he can't speak, he can't do anything for or against you. You got me? You know how some of these people, uh, uh, now, I'll tell you the difference. The difference I see is kind of visible sometimes between Christianity and other religions. Is say for instance, people Catholic people will often often have a crucifix somewhere in the house, you know, and, and they usually have one somewhere, like maybe dining room or right by the door or something like that. But you ever notice the the Buddhists and them people? They got them little fat men everywhere. They can't get enough of sitting him, you know. Well, maybe he can come over here and help me if I keep him over here. That'll keep that corner safe, and I've him over there that keep that. And yeah, they get tons of them. They can never have enough of them. Because they have no power. This is why they have to keep repeating that. Because they are just idols and they have no power. See, But you serve the God who created the heavens. All you have to do is look up in the sky and you see evidence that he's there. He leaves his handiwork everywhere. All we have to do is look at one another and see how different we are. you know, And see his handiwork. We serve a creative God. He created everything. And so he says he created the heavens, created where we live. says honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. In other words, don't be feeling bad and, and you know all out of sorts, strength and beauty are in the sanctuary of the Lord. See, you know, you can come into the house of God and you had a real rough week or real rough day or rough morning or you barely got here. And the minute you start to sing the song of the Lord and sing the song of God and, and let your voice be lifted up to appreciate who he is, that totally changes from you. You take on his strength and his beauty. And so when you come into the sanctuary of the Lord, uh, expect to be changed on the going out. Huh? Expect to, to have some empowerment come within you. And that's the new song. We need that when we're feeling uh, like things aren't going well or or they're uh, shaky or there's some trouble there or something's not quite right. We we need this. And he says, give unto the Lord, all you kindreds of people, give him glory and strength. If you will lift him up, he will lift you up. That's a new song. You need that. In times of, of uh, discouragement, you need that. It says, i worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fear before him all the earth. So just, you know, lift yourself up to God in the beauty of holiness, the Bible says. Just, you know, nobody but you and him. You know, no, not thinking about who's around you or who came and who didn't come or anything like that. But just lift him up in the beauty of holiness, the holiness that he's placed upon you by the blood of his son. And allow that new song to now put something in your soul that will I- excite you. It will encourage you. It will keep you going. Your expectations should be different from coming out of this new song in God. So in times of transition where God is taking us from one place to another, sometimes from a comfortable place to a place that may seem uncertain to us. Everything that we have to do by faith has that element of uncertainty with it. But that new song will give you, you strength on the inside and cause that fear to be pushed far from you. You know, it'll give you the courage that you need to go forth and do what God tells you to do. I I always have a habit of whenever God is, is helping me and I'm getting new ideas from God, I tend to pray in tongues a lot more. You know, pray in the spirit just to keep your spirit edified so you can hear when he starts to give you that thought and give you that idea. It's easier to hear him if you're praying, if your spirit man is built up. And so you're able not only to praise and worship him and Bring yourself into a place of strength, but that strength will be maintained if you'll pray in the Spirit. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll stay strong in the things of God, and that song won't leave you. You'll you'll be in more condition to accept the change that he's bringing about. So that song is very, very powerful. And then we'll see God move on our behalf. The new song is definitely necessary when you want to see God move on your behalf. Take you from a place of of uncertainty and fear and maybe sorrow, over into a per, pl- place of strength where I can do this. You know, even if I have to walk through it a day at a time and a step at a time, I can do this. And, and the new song will get you there. You know, it'll get you there. Sometimes you can't be carried everywhere you gotta go. You gotta get up and go yourself. And God will be able to do that through the new song. And people will marvel at it. They'll marvel at how you're able. To get through some of these things and these difficulties and still maintain uh, yourself, your composure, be able to think clearly and do everything that's necessary. And it's because God brings that to you. There's, there's something in that where you begin to imagine God's goodness. You begin to, to see his goodness and his greatness and you begin to sing to that and respond to that. And so it's a good thing. There will be times where your mood will tell you you don't want to have a song of joy. You know, that kind of stuff and all of that. But if you will just let yourself, if God sends it to you, you let yourself subject yourself to it. God knows what he's doing and he'll change your inward parts so your inward parts can accept what God is doing in your life that's fresh and new. We need to move on sometimes. You know, you need to just get in a place where you're ready to move and you're taking those steps out. And so God knows how to prepare us for that and get us to that place and he will. Uh, bring songs that will will help us to do those things. So uh, Psalm 144, Jesus, starting in verse nine, he says, "I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon instruments, psaltery, and an instrument of ten strings will I sing unto thee." So this is a a a, a song of worship to God that's put to music. It says it is He that gives salvation unto kings, who delivered David his servant from the hurtful sword. So there are songs that you sing in remembrance to the good things that God has done, and this is good because when you need a new deliverance, bring out that old song. Well, this is the, this is the time it puts you in remembrance. Of the last deliverance God sent you, I used to have a, I had a Clark Sisters tape, you know, my sister and I would say, I said, girl, I got Twinkie out the other day. Oh, you got Twinkie? you brought twinkie out you must have been in bad shape i said girl i was in bad shape <laughs> but twinkie brought me out you know those songs that he will make your enemies your footstool he will never suffer your foot to be moved amen and and they sing it over and over nothing too hard for god Ooh, you know what i'm saying and so uh you know i if what i you know when you need that you know and and you you hope you don't need it again but when you need it again you're glad it's there it's one of those songs and so sometimes an old song can come in to a new situation and bring comfort and expectation you know you can you'll remember when it was too hard for you that last time and you you had to let that song minister to you where you were and bring you out prepare you you know, sometimes songs will prepare you for the transition or you know expectation uh, that's coming. Uh, the ministry of the minstrel, you know, is like that because the minstrel and and able to get your soul into a position where he can hear from God. You know that kind of thing. And so those are good songs. You know, there's some people that have <clears throat> that greater gift. Andre Crouch is another one. You know, those people who feel deeply. In God, and are able to bring that out to help humanity. You know, those songs are very powerful and they're very necessary for us from time to time. So, it says here, I will sing a new song where he brought him out of a hurtful sword, out of a hurtful situation. He says, Rid me, deliver me from the hand of strange children. In other words, people that, that you know, don't use, aren't usually in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing I can think about is maybe a hospital situation where somebody, a loved one, has had an accident or something or just had to go suddenly. Those are strange children. You see what I'm saying? That's not your normal company that you're around. And, and maybe you got to submit to them to get help either for yourself or for a loved one, you know. And so you you have to keep that rehearsed. In your mind through song that God delivered you the last time and he will deliver you again. Even though your mind may be trying to drift and focus on what's going on now and the discouraging words they're giving you or or the threats or whatever is facing you. That song can remind you that there is deliverance for you. That you will come out of that and God will, will deliver. I remember when my late husband was in the hospital that was one of those strange children situations. Where we had to submit to them for that period of time. And I remember uh, being on the phone praying with my prayer partner. And it was on Halloween night. And I just told her, I said, you know what? I said, I got to go. You know, my husband was still in the hospital. And sure enough, when I got there, he was going to be the case for the night. You know, and I'm a nurse. And so the case for the night is somebody who went bad and they had to call everybody to work on him you got me and so they're working up to this i see seven people in the room got ekg monitors on him that weren't there before and all of this stuff so i just came in and i sat in the corner and they looked at me as though aren't you scared to be in there and i look back as though no i am not I'm scared of you your devils nothing else Because this is not on my agenda for him and it's not on God's agenda for him. My husband will recover. He's already been prayed for. We laid hands on him and he will recover and I'm here to make sure that happens. You watch these different seasons. Now we all know that there's a lot of satanic activity around Halloween season that whole month and leading up to it because they celebrate for 30 days got me so the one night prayer won't get it and so i you know for me to leave prayer and then go to pray had to be something that was threatening you got me see the devil gets all kinds of ways you know it's religious people well well i'm praying i can pray right here you got me if god says go you go because if you pray right there, it may not be nothing to pray about. You keep this nonsense up. And so you have to understand that God will move you sometimes when, when the enemy is threatening and it's imminent. And so when I got there, you know, it was kind of like everybody's looking for him. And I just sat on the, on, in the corner and I prayed in the Holy Ghost within myself, under my breath, the whole time. and And miraculously... You know, there was no, they couldn't, you know, code him or whatever, you know, every hospital is different, code somebody, doctor somebody, well he, none of them tonight, you understand me, he will recover, and so you have to be willing to retrieve these things and pull them back. And if you will rehearse the goodness of God and you will think about the goodness of God. And he is bringing us out. He has said he will recover. And this is a good thing. You're in the hand of strange children but God will deliver you out of their power and out of their hand. Their mouths speak vanity. Because it won't come to pass if the word of God is in there. You got me? So anybody who's speaking a vain thing, is that in the word? Is that promised to you in the word? Well, it's vanity. Because if you stay with the word and you obey God and declare the word in that situation, it will not come to pass as they say it will. He says, he says that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as corners. You do this to secure your household. You know, you sing this song unto the Lord. You put yourself into remembrance of his power and his strength and his goodness. That your children might grow up strong. That your children might grow up healthy. That your children might grow up as God would have them grow up. To be fearless and powerful on this earth. They won't be pawns of anybody or, you know, I saw where in the the news there was a a child that they say, who was, was he taken out of school by two men or something, molested here in Detroit? This a couple weeks ago. He walked out of school because they called him out of school or something. See, that's not your child. Oh, no. Oh, if they can get him out of the hands of them two big angels and take him to school every day and stay with him all day in school. You got me? Mm-mm. Your daughters will be cornerstones. They're not going to be abused and pawns, kidnapped, all that kind of stuff. They're cornerstones. You got me? They'll be steady and stable. They'll be the kids, other kids go to for prayer or go to when they have problems and your kids can help them out of those situations. Polished after the similitude of a palace. That means that they will stand out. In a good way. You got me? Our garners may be full. According to the manner of store. That our sheep will bring forth thousands. Into, but you'll be prosperous. You see. If you keep in mind the goodness of God. And his delivering power. man, His salvation. His great power to deliver. It says happy is that people. That is in such a case. Happy is that people. Whose God is the Lord. So the new song brings you from a state of being concerned about your own salvation, concerned about your situation, to a state of happiness as you reflect on the goodness of God, as you reflect on, the, on his divine power and his ability to come through in every single situation. that you. There is no situation that you cannot be delivered from, from the hand of God. Amen. My husband went on to get get released from that hospital. He was released in three days. The devil sees he can't kill somebody, he'll let you go home. Got you know I me? Mean? All his blood work changed, and they, the doctor was saying, well, "Well, you know, we haven't been able to get the chest tube out." And you know, as I would hear negative things, I would say, "God, well, God, get it out for him." You know, you know what you have to do to do that. You know, you just take it a, a situation at a time. You know, you don't get overwhelmed. You're not. You're not. Uh, you know, your heart is fixed when you trust God. And you're not afraid of evil tidings because God has an answer for every single one of them. But make no mistake about it. and When you get under the hands of strange children, they're going to find some stuff. Every day it will be something different. Well, this one came back negative, but we got another test we want to put you through and see if we can find something else there. Well, God says you're healed. By the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. And he can change those. He'll bring back a good report for everything that goes wrong. And They'll say, well, you know, we, we can't find anything wrong except this little small thing and we can give you a pill for that. And he says, yeah, right, give it to us. Let's get on out of here. Huh? Get on back in our sanctuary. Get back in our familiar, comfortable surroundings with God where his spirit prevails all the time. See, Spirit prevails. That's where you want to be. Psalm, do we do, let's do 33. God is a good God, folks. His mercy endures forever. It means that he's not, you know, ever going to stop helping us. He's always going to be there to help us. That's what God is for. He's to help us. In verse 3 it says, sing unto him a new song. First it says, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. It's okay to praise God. It's okay to praise him as much as you want to. It says, praise the Lord with a harp and sing to him. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. Hmm? For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. So, whenever you stand on the Word of God, His Word is right. There's no falseness in Him. There's no, uh, nothing in Him that's, uh, going to be, uh, not work out for you. You know how some people will say things like, um, you know, they'll look at people like Benny Hinn or, or especially people who, who, uh, are into the healing ministry. Uh, well I just think it's wrong to give people false hope. Listen, you're hoping God is never false. That's a true hope. Because he's the only one who could bring it to pass. Huh? You'll notice doctors are never as confident as God is. Well, we're we're gonna uh try this and You know, you read that paperwork they have you sign when you sign in for treatment, and you're so sick you don't read it, and you just sign it and give them permission to... Well, that permission slip gives them the the permission to try stuff that may not work for you. You see what I'm saying? They're just doing their best there. And I think when the world sees people who have confidence, like we have confidence in God, that unnerves them. That, That just You know, like the Bible says, Noah passed judgment on the whole earth with his faith. See when you speak words of faith, that devil they look up and try to see who spoke that. See? I've had that happen to me many times. You go in the hospitals and the doctor's there and he's telling them all this evil report and and you know they turn around to leave and you tell the person, Well, you know, God will pray and we'll ask God to heal you, you know, and they Yeah, they turn around, they want to look and see who said that, see? Because that's like slapping them and the, you know, it's like he's going out the door, and you hit him in the back of <laughs> chomp. You know, <laughs> that's that's what they that's what faith feels like to unbelievers. See, it passes judgment on them, and in, in a deep way, it's not like uh, we're we're saying things that won't happen, or we're being foolish, you know, or, or anything like that in what we're saying. But these things affect the enemy in a very deep way. See, it's a very deep thing that happens to them when you use your faith like that. And so then their, their faith then begins, their confidence kind of gets shaken. And their confidence begins to waver. Now, listen, if you're at death's door, then they all want to get out the way and let you believe God for a miracle. But while they're still confident in what they might be able to do, you know, then they feel like their word is supreme and, and your words then begin to pass judgment on them and not in a good way. And so we have to realize that, that, that our words will begin to have that effect because the word of the Lord is right. It's always right. You can never say God's word won't come to pass for somebody as long as that word is spoken and it's believed then God can still work in that situation as long as there's faith. Really, to be honest with you, faith in God's word will extend your life. That's that's what we're living in here. Now, we all know we're going to die one day. But as long as we stay in the word, that extends our life down here. That's what we're getting an extension on what we've already had. So it, it will keep you living and and it will heal you, you know. I remember the story about Brother Copeland's trip to the islands, and he received this call from a man of God. He was an older gentleman, and he thought he was going to die. In fact, I had a situation similar. Uh, one of our, our uh, friends on Facebook, a minister that, that has been a prayer partner of mine for uh, probably the last five or six years, his dad was a pastor as well. And he said, you know, he said, my dad is, is very sick. And he's was in his it was early 80s at the time. And he said, you know, I just don't feel that God wants to take him home. But he's very weak and he feels like he's going to die. And he asked for prayer. Well, we put his name on our list and began to pray for him. And dad just passed away like a couple years ago. And that's been like five years He God extended his life. So the word preserves your life. You start mixing your faith in the word and you get more days, you get more years, you get more uh, time because that word is right. see and, and, and they're, they're done in truth. God's works are done in truth. says he loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. See, it's full of the goodness of the lord you look at what god created you look at this you know it's amazing how people can be depressed and out of sorts if they would just pay attention to what god is doing in situations see that'll bring you out every single time is that awareness of god and his goodness you know he's he's doing good things look at what he created for us he created the ability uh, for us to be able to, to put our minds to work to create things. To put our hands to work and bring enjoyment to our lives. Many people like their work. <laughs> Some people love their work. And God created the ability to do that to bring enjoyment into our lives. It says by the word of the Lord the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth so that same god who is able to do that creative miracle can bring creative miracles in other ways too he can create miracles in your situation so when you when you are discouraged the new song that god sends you will bring you into remembrance of all of his attributes all of his abilities and not just for you to know he can but inspire you to expect that he will in your situation. He will br- bring that deliverance into your situation. It says he gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the depth in storehouses. It says let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Well, For he spoke and it was done. That's all you need him to do in your situation. It's just, you know, expect him to speak, and at his speaking, it will be done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Huh? In other words, devil, don't go no further. You have no further that you can go in this situation. See, he can speak and hold things back, he can speak and let things come into your life. You now, sometimes you've had enough of situations, and he has too. In fact he's less tolerant of, of bad situations than we think he is. See? And so he wants things to, to stay away from us to stand still if they're coming against us and come no further. Says he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. He can command in ways that the enemy must obey him. Well he must obey him. It says the Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to nothing. All those people that said you were never going to last in that job, and you know all that. You know, I remember Brother Hagen's story about uh, he was at that that uh, business, and they, well, the business is going to shut down, you know. And he said that the Lord had told him when he went to work there. He said that I've given you this job, and you will have it for as long as you desire. And so Brother Hagan said, Well, you know, if it closes down, I'm gonna be the last one here and they said he when he when the, the place did close down, he was the one that locked the door and took the key over to the people that owned the building. He was the last one there. Why? Because God said so and he believed it. And when the enemy came to try and tell him something different, he stood on it anyway. That's for people who really hear from God. And so he says He brings a counsel of the heathen to nothing, whatever they plot. You know, as these uh, uh, crazy people, the uh, people that don't want God in the schools, you know, everything's an insult to them. You know, they're offended by everything. See, that's the counsel of the heathen. Now, they think they're going to get somewhere with that line of reasoning. But God says he brings that to nothing. I mean, it just won't amount to anything. I remember when I first came here, most of you know I was not excited about being in Detroit. I had what I thought was a very comfortable life in Cleveland. I had started the ministry there, and in about two or three years of getting the ministry started, we moved here. And I was angry at my husband because I kept telling him, I said, well, I just don't think God would move me. You know, and we just got started and he just rolled his eyes. You know, he wasn't saved and he just rolled his eyes and that was his favorite position for me. I looked at more whites of his eyes rolling back in his head. You know. And I was a Christian so I couldn't slap him like I wanted to. It's a joke. It's a joke, whatever. But anyway. I was that saved. You know what I mean? And so when we came here and, and I began to seek the Lord, I said, well, Lord, I don't think I'm going to be here long. I don't want to be here long. I'm not going to do anything. And so when it got to be about three or four months and I sought the Lord again, he said, "And I want you to start a ministry here. And I thought, oh, brother, I'm stuck now. And... uh you know, hey, carnality. <laughs> i tell you, carnality. And so as I began to understand what God was doing, uh, I, I knew there were there were some uh, uh, some structures of spiritual authority that had to be confronted where they were. See? It, when you talk about go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, even though we have mass ways of communicating with people now, there's still the go thing in in a lot of us, you know, and you think, well, boy, you can get Skype and get everything right up close and personal, but there's still that go thing in there, and so I began to understand Things that I'd never understood before about the work we were doing as well. So I needed to learn and grow and understand more things about this ministry. And I began to understand that we had prayed for years when this was during the time when uh, all the so-called great minds in the world were promoting assisted suicide, you see. And the reason that got popular is because many countries, European countries and Canada, have nationalized healthcare. And they can't, you can't pay for sick people indefinitely. You know, you'll go bankrupt trying to pay for that because the insurance industry already knows you can't pay for that. All of that all the time. 100%. And so there began to grow this, this idea about quality of life. See, when you allow babies to be aborted, the idea about the quality of life goes down, and we think we're bringing it up again, but we're actually taking it down further. And so, uh, you know, there were I would hear people say things like, "Oh, oh, oh yeah, Jack Kevorkian, he's ahead of his time." You know, uh, he's just you know, the reason people don't like him is his mind is so great; he's way ahead of his time. And it always grieved me because the Bible clearly says, Thou shalt not commit murder. That what we translate, Thou shalt not kill, is Thou shalt not commit murder. That means killing somebody without a just cause. You got know I me? Mean? If you have capital punishment, if somebody kills somebody, then there's a reason to kill them. But we're talking about committing murder where there is no cause, no self defense or anything like that. And so we had already always prayed. Forgot to stop him and to stop this thing from becoming law but when I moved here I began to see it in a different light because I began to understand why this atmosphere was supporting that idea because when people come up with ideas they don't come out of nowhere see they're inspired by an atmosphere that supports that idea. And so sometimes there's a a spirit that kind of turns its head when the law is broken. And that was a, a dominant spirit here. It still is to a large degree, but you can pray it down to a large degree. I'm talking about the counsel of the wicked coming to nothing. You got me? That's what God will do when we let him transition us into a place where we can just start to declare his goodness. And so as, as I began to pray, I began to understand that this thing didn't move so easily. And it didn't move unless somebody could be in the atmosphere and confront that thing that was supporting it. you know. And so as I began to pray and began to understand what God was doing, he had me notice key people, key players in it who were people in in political power here. We're trying to gain political power. And so I began to pray against them ascending so they could get more power. And and some of those people, if I call their names, you could see where they were rising in about the time I moved here. Ha! <laughs> they fell. You got me? Because they weren't really going to be in office for what they thought they were going to be used by the enemy to enact laws that would make it more liberal. Make it easier for people, and I never will forget the morning that uh, uh, when when Jack Kravorky and this was after he got arrested. And God had told me to pray for him to be arrested and charged with murder, and so that was when he went on. Remember, he went on sixty minutes and showed that him hooking that man up to the thing, and that just caused a total. See, when it's a concept and it's an idea. People can accept it, but when you see the reality of it and what it really means, and that could be your loved one sitting there, or that could be you sitting there because your family doesn't want to be bothered with you anymore. Then it puts a whole different flavor on things. And so in part of what God does is he exposes the evil behind. Some of these concepts that we have and we think they're so so wonderful. And then there started to be all these different organizations you never even knew existed. And I remember when God, remember when I moved here, I was thinking to myself, I said, well, God, every time I talk to somebody about praying against this man, they don't look at me like I'm strange or something like that. And so that scripture came to my mind where God said, I have much people in the city. See, when when you speak for God, you may be speaking for many people and not know it. And so, there started people started to to spark these demonstrations, where you had a lot of handicapped people that were coming out and people bringing them out in their wheelchairs and they're protesting this so-called assisted suicide and all this kind of stuff. They began to get a voice and began to speak up, and began to let their presence known that they had a right to live. And they didn't want anybody having the power to terminate their lives at will. you know. People say, well, we're not going to hurt, hurt nobody handicapped. You don't know that. When the devil gets something started, all we ever see is a little bit of the plant. You don't see the root that's being spread out every which way it can go, and you don't see the fruit of it, the end result of it either. You just have an idea in your head. And so God began to expose that thing, and he began to show people how evil it was and how wrong it was. And he began to, to um, uh, start to raise up a legal system in Oakland County that was determined to fight it. You know, they had one prosecutor and that guy had to get out of office and God put another person in there just to get rid of this guy. And so I I'd stuck with it so long, you know, sometimes you think, God, when is this thing is going to turn? And he gave me favor with the prosecutor's office there. And so I began to call and ask how things were going. And I told the secretary, I said, well, you don't even know who I am. I said, I'm a minister. I said, but we as a group of, of in my ministry have been praying against this thing for the longest time. She said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, there's a lot of people praying against this. And so I told her, I said, you be encouraged. I said, because God is with you in this. It's getting better. She said, I sure hope so. She said, because we're having a tough time getting this man prosecuted. And so little bit by little bit they chipped away at that. And God had to totally dismantle the political structure over in that county to get it conducive to what he wanted to do. But he did. And he got found guilty. And he went to jail and he quit. And see when you do it God's way, God will make sure that whatever is supporting it is totally dismantled. Now you talk to people about assisted sister's suicide and they look at you like you're crazy. Like where did that idea come from? We don't even think that way anymore. You got me? Why? Because when God deals with it, he brings the counsel, the thoughts, the plans, the plots of all wicked to nothing if his people will declare the word. You got me? If we'll quit being passive and sitting by and watching stuff and complaining about it and wondering when the government's going to do the government. You are the government. You're his government. You're God's government. So you're the government who's going to do something about it. You're not waiting on, I'm sure you're not waiting on, who's the governor here? Mayor Bing and Snyder and uh, that whole, please. They can't even get a, a an abandoned house torn down. Are you kidding me? But you can bring divine protection into a city so that you don't have rapists and murderers abducting children like that. And so we are the government that God sends here. Are you kidding me? We've got enough power to dethrone any prince and, and put his wicked ideas to dust, to nothing. Council of the wicked to naught. And that means it won't prosper and it won't rise up again. If you'll, thoroughly, if you'll obey God and thoroughly kill that thing like you're supposed to. Same thing when I first got here. People were, you know, they were talking about the fire department. Couldn't keep up with all the fires on devil's night. I said, who gave the devil a night around here, you know? And so we prayed for him to change it to angel's night. Now it's angel's night. They don't even think about fires anymore. All of those things, get the counsel of the wicked can be brought to nothing if we'll obey God. See, if you'll obey God and do what God tells you to do. So when you sing that new song to the Lord, you're singing a song of deliverance. You're singing a song of salvation. You're singing a song that will change a city for the good. You got me? For good. There's a lot of things that will will help to bring Detroit back. And it's not all just money to do things with. You can change atmospheres. You can change cities from, from being abandoned and nobody wanted to live there to drawing people back. Just because you tell the devil that's scaring them away, he doesn't have any authority to do that anyway. God will bring the counsel of the wicked to nothing. And he will, he, he will turn back people and turn to confusion those that are, are devising to hurt you. To hurt your finances. To hurt your sense of well-being. You know, I know how Christians get ganged up on in the workplace. You know, they don't want to see you there. They don't, you know, when you come, they're scared you're going to enter into their conversation and start to giving them the word. Now I'm talking about the ones that claim to be Christians, you see. And so if you can understand that, that God will take all that confusion and put confusion on the devil when they devise something against you. He will confuse their plans He'll even cause them to turn on, on each other. The sinners are good for that. They'll stab each other in the back in a minute. But they'd much rather get you out of the picture. But God won't tolerate it. He won't stand for it. He won't let that happen. And God, He says, let their way be dark and slippery. Isn't that great? Huh? Anybody coming to do harm to your child, God let their way be dark and slippery. Huh? Don't let them find their way. And don't let them do anything. And let the angel of the Lord persecute them, so whenever they take up a cause against you for for nothing, you know, innocent in all things, God will come to your rescue. So he gives us a new song, folks. He gives us something to sing about. We are in trouble, and we need to have a deliverance, we need transition from one place to another. He'll He'll empower us. To be able to get ourselves, our spirits ready and our spirits right and and strength on the inside of us. So that if we have to endure... Until our deliverance comes, we have the the power to do that. But I'm telling you, he is not so big on having us endure, but he wants us out of trouble. He wants us in the way of safety. He wants us prepared for all good things. So he, he will definitely do those things for us if we'll sing our new song. Amen. If we'll just accept that new song, sing it before the Lord, and let him come to us. Through our praise, he will deliver us mightily. Amen? Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. We're going to pray and then we're going to have our fellowship meal right in the next room over there. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) God. (laughs) Hi, sister. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I woke up this morning with my mind set. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.